0: Well, praise the Lord. God's good. Amen. And we, our hearts are with not just those in Gatlinburg, but across the country and across the world. These kinds of things are going to continue to happen, folks. Just get ready. It's going to be more and more and more. The judgment of God is coming upon not just America, but the world. And um, the righteous sometimes has to suffer with the wicked. And uh, that is, the Bible says the rain falls on the just and the unjust, so judgment many times falls on both when it comes to our planet. And so, get ready. I I dread some of those days, but I know that they're coming, and we certainly need to pray for our Christian brethren um, overseas, no matter where they are, and especially those today in the Middle East, that if they find out they're Christian, then they're either... Uh, killed immediately, humiliated, or placed somewhere where they'll starve to death. So, I pray that you'll be sensitive to that and be thankful for what you have. I know things is a mess in America, and I know we're headed for days to which you never, ever thought you'd see, uh, but still, we're the greatest nation to live in in the world, and we need to be grateful for that. Amen? Amen. Chapter 9 of the book of Genesis, go there. We're teaching through the book of Genesis, and tonight I hope that you'll learn some things and uh, clear up some things tonight for you. Genesis chapter number 9, verses 1 through 7, we said there were some new conditions to live under. You remember the flood has come, 377 days of water, and the animals had come out of the ark, And Noah and his boys come out, and their wives come out of the ark. And so, when they come out, they see a whole different world. Not the world that they'd lived in before, but a totally different world. A world that had exploded. A world that was messed up. A world that was cracked and broken and chipped and torn. That's the kind of world that they saw. A world that had different climates and different temperatures and different soils and all kinds of things was different in the world that Noah and his family walked out into. So let me just quickly run you through where we was last week. First of all, there was new descendants. Now the new national head of the human race was Noah. Before it had been Adam. And Adam is the head of the, the national head of the human race, but as as a result of the flood, now Noah is the one and his um, three sons and wives to populate the world. Now, they are still under, remember, when they come out of the ark, just because they were in the ark does not mean that they did not have the Adamic nature. What I mean by that is they went in the ark saved but still with flesh. And you come to church saved but still in the flesh. You go home saved in the flesh, right? And so they walk out of that boat, that ark, saved but still dealing with the Adamic nature. Y'all with me? When I mean Adamic, I mean Adam's nature the nature that fell, the nature that sinned. And so we're all prone to that. And so uh, he comes out, and there's to be some brand new descendants. Now, I'm not too interested, and in, as I said last week or week before last, I'm not too interested in my ancestry tree, but I'm real interested in Calvary's tree. And thank God that that can change the whole Ancestry.com. Amen. Because when we get born again, we're in a brand new family and our line just totally changes. Now, secondly, we we said there there was a new dread. Before the flood, all the animals were tamed. They didn't eat any meat before the flood. No meat was eaten because the animals were tamed. You'd be eating your pets. You just didn't do that. God said, I'll give you enough stuff here. You got plenty to eat. And so, you'll, you know, you got, you got apples and you got oranges and you got grapefruits and you got mangoes and you got all that good stuff. You got nuts and berries. And, and so, you, you'll not eat any meat. And so, they were vegetarians. And now we got a bunch of folks running around, uh, you know, trying to get people to be vegetarians because they say that's what's wrong with the world. Well, you got to remember all those vegetarians went to hell. All but eight of them went to hell. So, a vegetarian ain't going to save your soul. You can quit eating meat. You can quit eating biscuits, honey buns, whatever you want to, but that's not going to fix you up with Jesus. Amen? So, I just want you to understand, they were vegetarians before the flood, but not after the flood. Things continued to change. So, uh, one reason why they didn't eat animals, because it's just hard to cook something that's tame. It's hard to hunt something that's tame. When it comes to you. You don't have to go to it. That's why I don't like the way y'all deer hunt now. You don't deer hunt. It's pathetic. Got cameras on your head, cameras in your boots, cameras in the trees. You build little houses to set in with heaters in them, air conditions, cushions, Shooting stands. I mean, gracious goodness. And, and you put out food for them, and the game warden don't know about it, and you feed them. All you've got to do is just sit there and pull the trigger. Poor deer, he hadn't got, got a chance. Give him a fighting chance and hunt like you used to. Amen. I mean, you won't even hunt with an open sight anymore. That's a, that's a, nobody does that anymore. I didn't even know what a scope was when I grew up. Man had a scope. You know, I, I thought that was something that they looked at the stars with. I didn't know what it was. And so, uh, that was why they did not eat the meat. So, we, we see the difference in this new dread. From now on, when they saw a rabbit, he'd run. When they saw a deer, he'd run. When they saw a giraffe, he'd run. When they saw a dinosaur, he'd roar at them and he'd run. There was a fear, a new dread. They feared man. Before this, man ruled animals. Now animals fear man. Before, they had no fear of man whatsoever. But now, these tame animals would fear man. And so, then the third thing we talked about was a new diet. Verse 3 through 4. So the whole human race, God gave every moving animal as food. You can read it in verse three and four. Every moving animal is food, and every green thing He gave is food. That's why turnip greens are so good, right? And that's what He's talking. About. And you can put ham bones in them now. Okay, you couldn't do that before the flood. But but don't you notice this? Now, you got to remember that they did not have any refrigeration, so normally they probably had to kill quite often. Now, no doubt they would eat their meat, and they had ways of preservation just like We did in our old days when we used to, you know, salt cure our hams and different things like that. And so they probably had ways to to preserve them for a while, but not very long. And so they would have to kill more meat so their family could eat and pick pull more turnip greens and find more turnips and that kind of thing so that they could eat. So there was going to be a brand new diet Everything had changed. Vegetarianism has no scriptural warrant today. So when someone tells you, you have to eat a certain thing to be right with God, you look them straight in the eye and say, turn to 1 Timothy chapter 4, and I'll show you where you're crazier than a loon. Okay? I don't know what a loon is, but anyway, you're crazier than that. So, So that's where a new diet. Everybody got to eat different things. God did not, now you don't have to eat meat. You, you, you didn't have to be a meat eater. You, you can sit around and you can eat walnuts and pecans and, and little green things and herbs. And you can do that if you want to. It doesn't matter. But don't jump on us feeding meat. That's what God wants us to see. And we, we looked at that last week and kind of figured that out. And so, let's look at these guys that come off this, 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 this art. Cain, he was, he was a farmer, you remember. Abel was a shepherd. But Noah and his son were hunters. They were hunters. Not sport hunters, but meat hunters. You all got it? They didn't hunt for the sport of it. They hunted because they were hungry. You know, people used to work Because they needed to work to eat. Now we work to play. Big difference, isn't it? And so that's what happened here. So later on, God does give some dietary uh, uh, instructions, but he didn't give them to the Gentiles. He didn't give them to the world. He only gave them to Israel. Now remember that. Beware of someone who limits your diet. 1 Timothy 4, verse 1 through 5, write that down. As long as you thank God for what's in front of you, you can eat anything, anything. Now, I don't know how you'd eat a skunk, but you could eat anything. I've told you no's, I guess, but but, uh, you can just, you're not bound by any kind of dietary restriction. Even Jesus in his resurrection body ate meat. He ate fish he fish his resurrection body. And so uh, we stood there the other day, and I thought about that. I mean, just standing on the shore of Galilee, and I thought about that. Jesus over there cooking for his disciples, and, and, and there Jesus had a little meal cooked. And can't, can't you just imagine anything cooked by Jesus' hand must have tasted a whole lot better? Because, see, we got folks that go to just Israel, and, and, and I buy them a lunch one day. I buy them St. Peter's fish. I mean, it's a big old fish, it covers a whole plate. Great big long fish. Got head on it and eyeballs in it. And I ain't eating nothing, but I'm telling you, it's delicious. It's delicious. And, uh, you know, whether you know it or not, every fish, it's not like it is at Kroger. When that fish was caught, it had a head. So, as long as you clean it up real good, wash it all out real good, it's okay. It won't hurt you. You don't eat, you don't eat eyeballs anyway. So, uh, so, God didn't limit us on what we could eat. In fact, he told Peter, he did it three times. He let the unclean animals come down in the sheep. And he said, rise and eat. Peter said, not so, Lord. I've never eaten anything unclean. He said, what I have cleansed, call it not unclean. He was talking about the Gentiles being placed in the church of Jesus Christ. So thank God every time that you chawed down on a a steak, every time you chawed down on some country ham, you thank God something had to die and someone had to die for you to be able to eat. Something had to die to show us someone had to die. Y'all with me? Now, why did God do this for Israel and not for us? Well, God doesn't tell us not to do it. There's some good reasons why we should be healthy in the way we eat um, because there's a lot of ways to eat that is very dangerous and prone to disease. So we don't want to do that. Um, they couldn't eat the blood also because it meant that uh, that they wanted things to die mercifully and productively. They didn't want to just leave something laying there, okay? And then primarily, though, the blood was the basis for the atonement. And it was to be used for that purpose, and you can find that in Leviticus 17, verse 10 and 11. And so every time they ate meat, every time they ate something that died, It gave them a respect for human life. It gave them a respect for the atonement of Jesus Christ. Why would you thank God for something you don't want you thanking him for? Listen, they understood redemption in Genesis 9. Why would you thank God for something that you don't even know what he's for? They knew what he was for. Adam had passed it down. And Noah told the boy, only three guys had spanned them from Adam to Noah, just three men. They'd heard the truth. They know about the covering of the atonement. And every time they ate, they knew something had to die for them to eat. And they knew someday someone would die so they could go to heaven. Y'all with me? So, I would imagine that body sizes and shapes, you know, started to change here. And we talked about that last week because the only restriction God gave to us on eating our own, even our Christian life was discipline. We're to discipline our life in every area. We're to live under discipline. The Bible calls it temperance sometimes. That's how the, what the, you know, the Holy Spirit is temperate. It helps us to live under discipline. And so that is our, that is the, our, our, our dietary restrictions that we live under uh, under such a uh, surrender to God that we keep ourselves and our body in a way that he would be pleased with. Y'all understanding that? Now fourthly, we're looking at a new discipline, verse 5 and 6. Now there's a there there is a real real uh, problem In America, with these verses, because we've ignored them. Look what God told Noah. Noah said, In the old world, we didn't have any government. We didn't have any government. We lived by conscience. Now, in the new world, God said, I've cleansed this thing out now, but whoso sheddeth man's blood, by man shall his blood be shed. That's what we call capital punishment. Why? Oh, I don't believe in killing. God said, thou shalt not kill. He said right here that if a man kills another, that he ought to be killed. Why? Because man's made in the image of God. So when you kill somebody, what you're saying is, God, I'm mad at you, and I'm going to show it by killing one of your kids. That's right. Don't feel sorry for them bleeding hearts. Cut somebody's throat and rape three year old girls. Don't feel sorry for them. They deserve to die. Quick. Quick. I think we ought to have a legalized firing squad. Or hang them on, well, we don't have courthouse squares anymore, but. Maybe we ought to go back to the hanging trees. I don't know. But verses 5 and 6 says, for in the image of God made he man. In other words, God wanted us to know that man was so valuable, it was not for us to take his life. It was for God to take his life. Okay? And look at number 7. And you be ye fruitful and multiply, bring forth abundantly in the earth and multiply therein. So he gives this new discipline about law and order. There had been no human restraint. There was no such thing as crime or in, in the old world. Uh, sin wasn't talked about a great deal. You can go back in Genesis chapter 4 and read verses 23 and 24. and Genesis chapter 6 verse 11, and you can find out that there, there really wasn't much discipline back in that day. There was not much punishment in, in that day. There was no CSI or blue bloods or law and order. There's just none of that stuff. None of that stuff wasn't the police system wasn't a THP, wasn't the FBI, wasn't the CIA? probably better off that either one of them. but it had a system of conscience that's all they had. conscience. Animals now had changed. So what had been tamed? now starts scurrying away from them, now starts running from them, now starts fearing them, now starts being dangerous to them. Something's got to be done about that, right? Animals became menaces or killers, so as a result, you had to slay them. Now, I have a theory that that's where I don't... Know where there was dinosaurs. I'm I'm convinced that there were those type of creatures in the waters. The Bible tells us that. The leviathans was there, and I'm convinced about that. I don't have a problem with it. I'm convinced that there was those huge, large animals that the kids are called, or what we've told are dinosaurs today. I think there were different kinds of them, by big lizards and, you know, big, 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 Big hogs and big other things. I don't know. But I know this. When you have a huge animal, and now they're not tame, they become a danger to society. So I have a theory Those who could not make it in their climate, those who could not live in the geographical area to which they got off the ark in, for instance, they were used to living in a paradisical kind of uh, place, and now here it is, 20 below zero, they can't make it, so they die. But then those who do make it, they start coming at you and they start eating. They start killing other animals. They start getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And so humans had to find out a way to kill them. And so they destroyed them that was left from the face of the earth. You don't have to believe that, but that's just my theory. And so today we need to be careful because animals can be very dangerous. Uh, They can be rabid. There, There is something called a rattlesnake you need to stay away from. There's killer dogs. There's killer hogs. Killer bulls. Killer bears. I read just well saw it on the news just a few weeks back to where a pit bull had come across the fence. Of his sorry owner, and tore a little child to pieces. And so they said, "We had, we need to put that dog down." They had to have, have a big deal about it. Had to have a big it wouldn't have been a big deal if it'd been my kid. I'd have blown his head off right there in my yard. He ought to died then. But no, no, we had to circumvent that situation and go through a long, long kind of thing. Uh, that, well, is he really dangerous? Is he dangerous? How silly is that? Probably the one that had him was a drug dealer anyway. guarding his backyard so someone wouldn't come to mess up his meth lab. Listen, I'm telling you, that little child didn't deserve that. That dog ought to die. A dog who's willing to scale a wood fence and tear a little child to pieces needs to die and die quick. I I don't want my dog to ever hurt anybody, but if my dog ever hurts anybody, I'll tell you who's going to take care of him. I will. He'll be gone because human life is always Ten hundred times more valuable than animal life. So men who took lives were to be slain as murderers. And then men was given the command to execute murderers under proper government. Now this hasn't been rescinded by God. I don't find where anywhere in the Bible you say, oh well, we're not under the law. This is not the law. Law hadn't even been given yet you are y'all still awake? Aren't the law hadn't even been, listen, be over in just a few minutes and you can go home and watch what you want to. But listen, the law hadn't even been given yet. Don't say they were under the law. They wasn't under the law. The law was given to the Jews and it hadn't even come to bear in their life yet so um, this divine command to execute murderers was now to be done under a proper type of government. This has not been rescinded by our pagan, Gentile, worthless, sinful minds. God hadn't said you can quit doing it. I don't care what the Supreme Court says. I don't care what our federal court says. I don't care what our higher up says. God says if a man kills a man and it's proven that he killed a man or a woman kills a woman and it's proven that she killed the one, they die. It'd help our prison system clean it up too. Clean it out. Save us a lot of tax money. I hate to feed that bunch of drug heads. Dope addicts, killers, murderers, rapists, thieves, liars. And we've got them pinned up for 25 or 30 years. We're feeding them. And all we're doing is sending them to a criminal university. God gave this discipline to protect human life because God wants human life to be protected. The society who does not value the sacredness of human life That means life made in the image of God ignores this command. People who are against capital punishment ignore the word of God. They just do. Bad guys are to be taken down. And you say, that's just in the Old Testament. No, it's in the New Testament. Read Romans 13. And the Bible says this. The way it's supposed to work, that's not, we've messed it all up. We've corrupted it. The way it's supposed to work is, is that we have a police system or some kind of governmental system that takes care of our criminals. And when someone is doing bad, they're afraid of the police or whoever's to execute that judgment. But if you're doing good, you don't have to be afraid. If I'm driving down the road and I'm going 85 and in my rearview mirror, I see a THP way back there, I'm hitting my brakes real easy, but I'm tapping them down. You say, why? Because I'm afraid. I'm afraid of a $180 ticket. What about you? Amen? You see, but if I'd have been doing the speed limit, I'd have nothing to fear. Have you ever noticed people, here they are flying down the road, all of a sudden, here's a here is a car from, from some other county, sometimes from some other state that had transported a prisoner or whatever. I mean, listen, they had no authority, no jurisdiction, and they're riding down the interstate, doing about 50 miles an hour, and here comes somebody doing 80, and they slow down, and they go just and go right beside them, just like it right there. Hey, crank it up, let us go on. You can drive 70. I don't care who's in front of you. I didn't mean to get off on that. (laughs) But, But Romans 13 says that the law was given so the bad guy would be afraid of the good guy because we had government that protected the good guys and the good gals. But that's not so today. In fact, it's come to the place to where we so resent the law to where we so hate what God has said that we execute our policemen and our law enforcement officers and our people who give their lives so that we may be free. I'll tell you, that'd stop happening if we started putting some people to death. Put it on CNN. They wouldn't even cover it. They ain't got the guts to do it. Maybe Fox would. I'd call them, wouldn't you? Cover it. Because they'll have a little vigil up here on the night They're supposed to have an execution. And there'll be 13 up there holding the candle. What about the people he killed? Not long ago they found they got a guy who had I don't know how many he'd killed, but you know how many times he'd been arrested? Twenty-eight. He took a life. And we want to go to bat for them. That's not the way God meant for it to be. God meant for the good to go to bat for the good, and for the evil to be punished by the good. That's not our job to do it as a church. That's a governmental job. God gave this discipline to protect human life. Now, let me just say this to some of you soldier, soldier men uh, that's been there, and I've lived with this all my life, and I've counseled them, and I've got friends, and, and uh, my dad, and, you know, we went through this. Um, war is not murder not even close, you are under government-implemented orders given in Romans 13, and you had the authority, whether you wanted to or not. I know it didn't feel good. It may have hurt, broke your heart, but it is not murder, and you should never beat yourself up about something that God does not condemn you for. Y'all with me on that? So God wants equal, fair, swift punishment of murders. They say, well, that don't deter crime. How do we know? We hadn't ever tried it. We hadn't tried it in 30 years, 40 years. I say it'll deter crime. If we do it quickly, swiftly, and fairly, it'll deter crime. Guarantee you. Instead of ignoring God's government, We decide to live in man's chaos. Isn't that that ridiculous? We'd rather live in man's chaos than to enjoy God's government. That's us. Uh, You say, well, you know, a law can't change a heart. No, but it can restrain the actions of a life. Yeah, Yeah, no law can change your heart. But it can keep you from doing something you want to do in your heart. Can you imagine what this world would be like if we didn't have some kind of law and order? Somebody to call? So, he talks about the valuable life. Why are we valuable? We're made by God. We're made like God. We're loved by God. But when we don't see God's hand in man's life, we ignore God's mind about taking a life. And so, we don't have trouble with it. So, that, that's why that I hate evolution. That's why I hate the fact that we've taken God out of our schools, because here's what happens. When you tell a child there is no God, you tell a teenager there is no God, then you tell them that there's no human value to that little, that other teenager that you don't like. No value. Oh, no, 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 it's got to be a value. No, it's it's not. Can't be any value because there's nobody to say it is. Somebody's got to say that this person is worth something and you can't kill them. But if we ignore God and we don't believe the Bible, we take that out, why not kill people? Why don't I just shoot Mr. Page right here? He has no value if there's no God. But when we're made in the image of God, God means for that person to be executed and executed quickly, fairly, swiftly. Because what they've done is they've slapped God in the face, and we've let them get by with it. Now, here's the last thing, and I'll be done. I've got 10 minutes. Uh, Look at the New Covenant, verse 8 through 17. This is not the last thing either, but it's the last thing I'll get to tonight. By the way, let me just, under this new uh, order, God instituted three institutions. Now, one of those is depicted in the old life, chapter 1 through 8, but not necessarily mentioned that way. There's three institutions God gave when Noah came off the ark. Write them down. Number one, marriage and family. He gave that as an institution. The home is an institution. Number two, human government as an institution. From now on, men couldn't get by with killing people like Abel had earlier, right? Number three, the local church. Now, it took a while for the local church to develop, but those are three institutions that the Gentiles We're going to operate under. That makes sense to y'all. So, the church wields the sword of the spirit, and the government wields the sword of the justice. Right? Should be blind justice. Now, let's look at this seal. First of all, verse 8 through 17, we're talking about a new covenant now. And so, we see a seal in verses 8 through 19. God spake unto Noah, to his sons, I'll establish my covenant with you and your seed after you. Of course, he goes on to to describe what is going to seal this covenant. God, by sovereign promise here, states that he will never more destroy the world by water. He never says he won't destroy the world. He says he will not destroy it again by water. He doesn't even say that there won't be more floods. He just said there will not be a flood that will destroy the world. He didn't say there wouldn't be tornadoes and there wouldn't be all kinds of uh, uh, chaotic things happen as far as the weather and, 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 and disasters that happen today. He didn't say any of that, but he did say this, I'll never destroy the world again by water and you can count on it because you can see my bow in the air. That's our covenant. Every time, I don't know what it is about our church, but when there's a rainbow, it always seems to just go right over the top of our church here. And I don't know where it's because it's my halo or what it is, but it's just kind of, <laughs> I know y'all ain't buying that one. <laughs> but, uh, but how is he going to destroy it? Well, what's he going to use to destroy the world with next? Fire. We talked about that, Second Peter chapter 3. I'm not going to go into that. You know that. And so, God said he'd do it by fire. And, but we, we have to be careful by saying, well, God said there wouldn't be no floods. See, the Bible's not true. God didn't say that. God just said he wouldn't destroy the world by floods. So keep that in your mind when you have an argument argue with somebody who don't believe the Bible. And then verse 12, verse 16 says that this is for us today. That covenant bow that we see today was not just for Noah, and it wasn't just for the Jews. It's for us today. You can see it in verse 12. You can see it in verse number 16. And he said he's going to do it with all flesh that's on the earth. Y'all with me? And so when we see a bow in Lebanon, we can say, we have a God who is faithful to his promise. That'll bless you. You see a bow across the mountains. We have a God who's faithful to his promise. You gotta remember, he made a lot of promises. And we see that bow, we can stand on the promises of God. Right there. So he now, Noah, has to change, and he becomes a farmer. He starts out a father, then he becomes a farmer, then he becomes a failure. It may have been that Noah didn't know much about the fermentation principle under the new climate, but it seems to me like he did. I don't care where you go in this world, people know how to get drunk. I drove for over an hour and a half, to where we could not drive anymore across ditches and it really wasn't even a road. We were just trying to go back through there. Stopped and walked about another five, six miles up into the jungles, gathered up some of the people around there to preach the gospel to them. And, and we had about 32 saved that day. They started coming out of those huts and it'd be the women and the children and the men all got mad. One of them was gonna attack me. And so he tried to come forth and some of these other men that had, had slipped into the crowd and, and they had given their heart to Christ, they wouldn't let him come in. You know why? Because there was a whole bunch of them down there in an old shack, an old straw shack made out of mud, sitting on a dirty ground, drunk. Let me tell you something. You don't get drunk off of just pure grape juice unless you got a bladder the size of this auditorium. It's the only way you can't do it. You can't drink enough of it to make you drunk. Natural fermentation takes now, not a long time, first of all. But secondly, there is no additives to it. So, it does not take that strong alcohol. It just is natural fermentation, which is just sour grape juice. When, uh, I shouldn't tell this, but I'm going to close with it. When I was a boy, the church, there was a church just right up on top of the hill. Well, that's where we went to church. It was on a gravel road. And, you know, we just, we'd just go everywhere. You know, we as kids, no, no, they didn't have to worry about us. We'd be on the creek or, you know, uh, we'd be up in the woods or we, we'd be around somewhere. And so I, <laughs> I'd go up to the church after they'd had communion on Sunday. And, and most of the time, the deacons were so lazy, they would forget to pour out the rest of it. And so, I would go down. It never locked a church back then. All churches was unlocked. So, I'd go into the church, and I'd go down there, and I'd take that lid off. I'd drink every one of them. And every now and then, I'd get a few that tasted like they'd been there four or five days, you know. It really doesn't count. of getting a little sour. And, and so, he gets drunk. But how does he get drunk? You have to intend to get drunk. You don't accidentally get drunk. And you don't accidentally have fermented wine enough to make you drunk enough to do what he did. I'll argue with that crowd that puts themselves out and says it's okay to social drink. I'll argue with them until I'm blue in the face because I can't buy that junk. God would not tell us to use unleavened bread and fermented blood. No way. So, God puts a curse here because drunkenness. Noah got drunk. Proverbs 20, 20 and verse 1 says wine is a mocker. It'll make a fool out of you. What's well, made a fool out of me before. What about you? because all the girls look good at closing time. You know what I'm telling you about? And look, drunkenness and nakedness go together. Now, listen to me. Drunkenness and nakedness go together. You can find it in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 15 and 16, maybe on the screens. Um, And you can find it in Genesis chapter 19, verses 30 through 39, where Lot... You remember his girls got their daddy drunk? You remember that story? And then again, in Genesis chapter 16, verse number 12. So, we find here that there was a curse place here. It was the sin of a seasoned saint, a person who survived the flood, Because he had found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And he gets drunk. And he's laying there naked. And one of his boys thinks it's funny. That shows his heart. And I'll tell you next week some things about that. The other two turns their back and covers up their dad. God put a curse. So we'll talk next time about this new curse. Also, next time, here's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about your race and the other races around the world. We'll tell you where they came from, tell you who they are, okay? And if you've got any Aryan friends, invite them. They'll hate me when it's over. But all I'm telling you is, listen, folks, you just can't do dumb stuff. I don't care how saved you are. You can't do disobedient stuff without it bringing a curse.